0: and welcome back to another episode of the fantasy take tv podcast joining me is jords and enno and we've got so much to cover after the prelims and the brown low we'll go over both of those we'll talk about how we've done on finals fantasy footy so far talk a little bit about the trade period and some of the nuggets that are coming out of that and obviously uh, preview the grand final and talk about our tips and all that good stuff and maybe do some norm predictions as well but boys how we doing george and i let's start with you the g-man two and zero
1: uh nfl no, no. off to a bit of a flyer but otherwise how are you good mate very good i look i missed the game i'll admit again i it's hard to switch the body clock when this stuff's at 3am i know you're giving it a go but um I, i'm cautious of doing it because i was speaking to george before daylight savings comes in like for us and then i think for them or whatever happens there so it's in starts at 5am and like I want to say about a month or so. So I don't want to switch it and then have to switch back because I think waking up at 5 a.m. is not too bad. Three is a terrible sweet spot. So, um, yeah, watched a bit of the brown low. The Gunners were on. So got, got um, the three points there and then um, got up at about six, I think, or seven. Watched the rest of the games. But, um, yeah, not too bad. A lot, of, a lot of sport, a lot of things happening. Grand final week, pretty keen. George, what have you been up to, mate?
2: Um, not a whole lot. Did give up on a few fantasies uh, now that NFL has come. So, yeah, it FPL. lasted. How long? What's FPL? Is it game week six now?
1: Game week eight, but we lost a couple as oh, well. Oh, is it? So. Okay.
2: Uh, threw in the towel. No yeah, good at that. That's um, right. AFLW kind of threw in the towel there as well, and uh, but it is a good <laughs> format. But uh, And sports deck, well, my captain scored 10 this week, so not great. But... <laughs> Anyway, other than that, going quite well. Keen to talk about the grand final and uh, Normie predictions and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, very good, very good. <laughs> uh, like and I know. So this this week, there's no way I'm doing three a.m. back to back. So did you do it? Like, especially because it got work. So I just woke up at like quarter to six, so I could get the witching hour of the red zone uh, yeah, for the morning afternoon session. Good. That worked yeah. pretty well. A lot of crazy comebacks this week. Uh, but let's talk with the Brown, uh, let's start with the Brown, shall we? Because that was uh, last night um, as of when we were recording. And I guess a little bit of a surprise with Cripps kind of getting up and winning it in the end. Uh, I don't think, well, we didn't really do predictions on this, but I don't think anyone, well, many people really had anyone other than Neil winning. So um, we, what were your thoughts and, you know, how did you feel about uh, Cripps winning it, especially given the controversy over his suspension?
1: I actually thought it was quite fitting, like, in the end, just the way it worked out. Like, I actually said after that round 23 game, obviously them losing and, and whatever, he was uh, awesome for what, through the last three quarters in that game. I was like, he's probably won the Brownlow based off that. Like, he's going to get a two or a three there, probably gets him over the line. I said that to a mate, and I put, like, just a stupid $10 on him at, like, six or seven bucks or something. And obviously that was what got him across the line. But um, as I said, I watched the Gunners and the Brownlow without starting at, like, maybe half an hour, forty minutes before that did. when I saw that he didn't get the three in round one, Crips when he like clearly was best on against us, he got like a did he get a, he didn't even get it to two. He got a one. I was like, the brown just never fails to uh, amaze, you, really, like with some of the it oh, was like, we gonna get to stuff. it, but. Carl Amon getting four best on grounds is an absolute joke. But So, um, so there was a like yeah. stat
0: of looking at all the players that um got three Brownlow votes but didn't get any coaches votes. And Carl was in there three of his four best on grounds, which is I pretty wild.
1: All four best on grounds, he led the dream team. So, you know, he's 13 marks that he gets on the wing and kicks. Um, did the umps just sort by fantasy? I don't know. Is there a couple of them that do that? Maybe he's a really likable <laughs> guy and they just notice him on the ground. I don't know. Anyway, I'll put respect to Cripps. I think he had a, a pretty good year. I think any of those five or six are probably deserving, really. But um, uh, yeah, look, pretty weird. Carlton have a Brownlee medalist, two Coleman medalists, and they can't even get in the finals. But uh, it is promising, though. Like their list is very promising. Yeah. I, don't I speak, George. I, <laughs> uh, sorry, just, just before we move on to George's thoughts. You've mentioned Gunners
0: a couple of times now, and like I know it's been your team name for Supercoach all year, and I thought I could just get by without knowing what this was. This is uh, it's an Arsenal reference, right? It is, yeah. The cannons, okay. see,
1: like that's where, it, yeah. The Gunners is that their logo? That is part of it. Yes, yeah. It's okay. the OG one, but yeah, it's still incorporated in the logo today. But yes, it is a team nickname. JD, no, Maybe I'm not yeah. a. Um, <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> Okay, yeah, for those know who
2: knows less about soccer than me. <laughs> oh, I, like- <laughs> I just, oh, I um,
0: yeah, like I for those that are listening that don't follow FPL, they might be wondering what the Gunners are.
1: So hey, it's gonna have to do know, with FPL. A, They're my team. I've gone from for a long time, long, long time. Sorry, EPL.
0: I'm using EPL and FPL now, like yeah, interchangeably. Yeah. Who cares about the actual league when there's fantasy <laughs> on the line?
2: Um, George, your your thoughts on the Brownlow? Any moments that stuck out to you? It's a pretty dumb award, really. It's a uh, coach's award is much better. I, Crips, um, I'm happy for him. Like he stuck with Carlton. He's carried that club for a while, was injured for a while there, but um, it's more the Carlton supporters that are annoying. I think like trying to stick it up everyone. That's probably the most annoying part of this, but I was hoping kind of for a tie three, or four players. Cripps. I mean, he wasn't the favorite for a reason. Like I, I'm okay with him winning, but pulled three against the Crows. I don't know how that happened. Um, and then Neil uh, uh, Neil was top two in the coaches' votes in the Q clash. Got no votes, and then yeah, uh, Cripps got those three against the Crows, and all of a sudden it's uh, he went from a dollar ten to some long, long odds straight away. Uh, Lucky Neil. So um, it is what it is. I think the the Carl Amon one was uh, really really weird for him to beat Rosie. It was slightly frustrating, especially for me because uh, I do did rate Rosie's season, but. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter that I he thought... beat
1: him just the fact he got 50 he got more votes than west coast carl amon on his own i mean i know west coast i think west coast
2: got 15 or
1: 14 same. 14. same with Texas. <laughs> did kennedy end up leading that yeah he doubled the uh, second best, best
2: grounds, <laughs> at west coast yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah what anyway.
0: uh, what about um uh billy frampton i thought he got robbed of votes yeah he did <laughs>
2: Had a sneaky bet Sorry. on that. That's, a, that's a joke for like, like 30 right. people that know about. Was oh, that the dogs game, Jules? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: He was just 12 at marks. How could he yeah, not? No, he was, he
2: was. Prime he Brian Lake would have been proud of that performance, and I thought he was a shoe in, but apparently not. But um, the umpires
0: wouldn't know his name. How are they going to vote for no. him?
2: Yeah, right. We've got blonde hair, blonde tips. So thought they would notice him, maybe, but maybe not. Before we leave this earth, they, they did, did going to be voted on,
1: by the umpires. This award, like. Do, is this AFL ever going to make a well, change? It's a bit or like or... the
2: um, it's a bit like the. It's just Smith. It's just voted by journalists, so or in like AFL, like media players. But you know, the yeah. umpire's job is to umpire. We love getting into journalists, but I would
1: rather them do it than the umpires. Like oh, Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't like journalists voting for awards.
2: Uh, cause cause they all are journalists. People, journalists. But, but, from, yeah,
0: from, but, from what I've seen in like, like. Basketball and uh, like NFL, like I just don't like journalist awards. I'm really not a fan. I think there must be some solution that's better than umpires, journalists, or fan vote. Like all of these are pretty flawed. The thing that I really don't like about journalists is a lot of people do a fine job at being journalists, but they are not watching the game to assess who is the best player on ground and who does the best. I think like the coaches' votes is the thing I like the most out of everything that's done so far, but I can see that also being problematic because coaches have a bias or a vested interest in voting for, you know, players, especially if they know someone's likely to um, uh, be up there. So like, yeah, I, like, I don't know. There, I think there has to be a better solution, but I I don't think like journalists are a big improvement on umpires
2: to be perfectly honest. I think no. perhaps like analysts from commentary teams. So like, i mean, get the SC and whoever's, not the caster but the the guy that's analyzing on mm-hmm. channel 7 scn M, whatever whoever's doing that sort of role and I, I don't know what else what else you could put out there but um not umpires or journalists yep. yeah i
0: heard some umpires say that like they uh don't particularly want to do it either like it's a burden on yeah. them almost to have yeah. to do it um yeah it's like that. it's
1: not what they're trained to do no no Anyway, all, all right, right. Well, is, is it ever going to change? I don't know. I think it, it could.
0: I don't know. It depends on whether or not they see a problem with the the award or not. If they don't, then it won't. All right. Uh, let's moving on, though, and get into the games from the weekend. So uh, two pretty interesting matches. We'll start with the, the Cats and the Lions. Um, Eno, do you want to start us off with your thoughts on the
1: game and, uh, yeah, what you saw went down? Just class above the Cats. Like, um, mm-hmm. Lions did well to get to where they were. Um, and really, I think their advantage was probably uh, getting them in the midfield. And I think what they were in the first 10 minutes, George, and then after that, Geelong sort of matched him in there and probably, I think, cleared him in the end. I think they won contested by 20 in the end and then everywhere else across the ground. Like I was saying, they just have a superior forward line. Um, their back line was set up well to just mark every kick that Brisbane wanted to kick forward. And look, they got through a couple of times early, but as the game went on, it was just De Conning and Stewart just mopping up everything. And, um, yeah, the second half, I didn't, to be honest, really watch, like, <laughs> the game was over. So, um, yeah, they, look, they've done well in Brisbane. Everyone sort of wrote them off in around 23 to, uh, to even do any damage, and they won two finals. So um, it's funny that that's their most successful season probably because where they come from, whereas they've had top four finishes that have gone worse. But, um, look they could be sitting here next year with Josh Dunkley and Will Ashcroft. So who's to say they can't um, continue and even get better.
2: George, yeah. how did you feel about the game? Honestly, Chris Scott chopped up Chris Fagan, something bad and just <laughs> annihilated him in the coach's box. Though it's interesting during the season, I don't take too much notice of game plan because I'm too busy looking at scores on my phone and watching certain <laughs> individual plays but I can when finals. You kind of sit back and watch footy for what it is. And what Chris Scott's, like, the game plan, like, it just – Brisbane could not do anything. They had the spare at the back. There was vision, like, Tom Stewart just sits 20, 20 meters behind the ball and doing nothing. And then he, like, pushes up when the high half forward pushes up, then defends back. They defend behind as well, so it's easy to spoil. Um, probably more like traditional defending, but um, – yeah, getting that numbers behind the ball. And then what happens is because they have numbers behind the ball, they're more likely to win it on entries. And as soon as there's a turnover, Geelong go mad. They just they sprint through the middle of the ground, the pressure. And Brisbane weren't working hard enough through the middle of the ground. And it happened time and time again. And uh, not only that, in the clearances, they started well. It was seven clearances to two. Neil was playing really well. And then they kind of got a hold of Neil, and that was all over. Um, clearances weren't as good anymore. But, uh, yeah, the whole... Brisbane could not move the ball. They could not keep up with Geelong at all. Um, but yeah, we see like Collingwood, Sydney and um Geelong. Like they're the three teams, they're the best pressure through the middle of the ground, especially on turnover. Um and yeah, that's basically what we've seen in finals. I think there's those three teams are probably clearly ahead. I think you can make a case maybe not Collingwood, but um I was very impressed with them. We'll get to them after. But I think, yeah, the Brisbane, the pressure through the middle of the ground, not good enough. And I don't, I don't think Dunkley and Ashcroft solved that completely, but it's definitely going to help.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's spot on, George. Our talking points from last week were that Brisbane Lions defense couldn't stand up to the strength of the Cats forward line and that their forward line has looked clunky when they've had the three talls in there. And that was a bit of a concern having them kind of come back after not playing with each other the last couple of weeks. And sure enough, it felt like that was exactly what played out. The Brisbane forward line looks dysfunctional. Uh, Hawkins and Cameron had 10 scoring shots between them. Like Hawkins dominated Andrews again. They just don't have a good matchup for him whatsoever. And then, uh, yeah, I think um, one that you're not going to be incredibly thrilled with, but Danger looks like he's hitting his straps at the right time. Looks really good in this game. And um, I don't think the Cats like need him to be on to win games, especially like they would have been fine without him for this one. But it's a, a, another thing, like another weapon they have to, to pull out. Uh, which was really good. Um, the injury news out of this game was Max Holmes, uh, who had a hamstring injury and was subbed out after a, a really good game. Like he he played amazing. He's awesome. Um, yeah, he's very good. Uh, he's kind of come from the heavens a bit, but quickly becoming one of my favourites for the Cats. Um, there was a update after the open training session they had today, uh, which basically says that he hasn't been ruled out of the game for for the Swans. He's a chance to get up. The scans on his hamstring haven't extinguished hope. Was I think the quote, uh, and he's presented well in like running and clinical um, kind of uh, format So or like assessments. So yeah, he's um, he's a chance to get in play, which would be great because I think it'd be very very sad um, and like quite a big loss for them actually. Like surprisingly big loss um, on the Brisbane side. You had uh, Rainer that uh, picked up a rolled ankle in the third quarter and got subbed off, but obviously their season's over and it didn't seem like it was a a major injury, at least hope not on uh, Rainer's side. All right. Moving on to the next game, which was uh, a lot closer and a lot more interesting. Um, It was the Swans versus Collingwood. And like this was a pretty impressive effort from Collingwood because the Swans looked like they could break away and really open up that game numerous times through the first three quarters. And you you kind of wouldn't have even begrudged Collingwood for falling away at those points, especially with a young list. They've, you know, been winning close games for so long, you can kind of see the point where they just break. Uh, but it didn't happen. They held in the whole way and then mounted a, a pretty amazing comeback in the fourth quarter, um, only just to fall short. You know, it's one of those ones where if there was a couple more minutes, I think Collingwood would have been favourite to get over the line. Um, but, yeah, so much to unpack with this game. Um, George, do you want to start with uh, how you saw it and, and some highlights for you?
2: Yeah, really fun game to watch. I think the first – th- Collingwood may have lost in the first half when they started Maynard on Buddy and Moore could not get into the game. I think, like, after half time, Moore was just about best on ground, I think, so that when they moved Moore to Buddy in that way, uh, Moore could – because he could outwork him um was able to take a few intercepts and uh even provide a bit of drive as well so um collingwood might have won if they got that match up right I, i'm not sure what was happening there because buddy did kick a few goals early, i think so uh but other than that uh yeah very enjoyable game you can sort of see what Collingwood do when they're down it's almost like they have set plays and they get the ball in the middle of the ground to like hit pendlebury um they let crisp just go for a run that happened again at uh, this game so um Yeah, they probably left it too late, unfortunately. But Sydney's a little concerning with how they finished the game. I I don't know why. I think when Sam Reid went down... Well, first of all, Callum Mills, please leave him in the midfield. Uh, They (laughs) were starting to lose the clearances when Mills went out. And I think Mills went to Pendlebury in the second quarter. Pendlebury had one touch, and that was a free kick. So he basically didn't touch the ball when Mills was on him. Mills went back, and that was not a good move, I don't think. Um, But Mills is so good in defense, it's like... You know, but yeah, I, I hope they keep him in the midfield because he's their best midfielder. So uh, I was impressed with Sydney up until they tried not to not to lose rather than to win, and that can kind of happen. So um, otherwise, I thought that they were outstanding in the first half, but a little concerning where their mindset sort of shifted late in the game. But I don't know. I know how did you see the game?
1: Yeah, you're pretty right. Like Sydney probably could have been up more in the first half. Collingwood just kick every goal. They kick so straight, keep themselves in games like they have all year. And then you're right at the end. I think Sydney just started playing safe. Like everyone just gets nervous against Collingwood knowing what they've done and what they can do. And they did it again. Um, and Sydney just hung like the plays at the end. That was like just insane to watch the last two or three minutes without all the, that's not what footy's the best. Like when it's like that at the end, you're like just every single thing that can happen on the ground is like so pivotal and, them just rushing that behind to to win the game at the end. But um I think it's the best game Jack Chris played all year for sure. Like he was uh, immense. Um you know use the ball quite well. I just got it going forward. Like twenty contested he, touches is, is 20 unreal. contested of 29 yeah. kicked a goal,
0: eleven clearances, which yeah. was I, I think double almost the next best. I think six was the next best on either side. So yeah. yeah and for a team that's like him
1: and phenomenal. Pendles are their still best midfielders relying on those guys. Like he had to pretty much do that to keep him in the game and the other thing i want to mention is hickey like i just think at pivotal times he grabbed the ball at the ruck i think like i want to say five or six times and dc just couldn't really match him in there um so that that hurt them quite a bit but um yeah i think early sydney probably could have been up more Collingwood kept themselves in it and then we just saw what happened every year oh sorry or every game this this year but they just couldn't get over the line this time so super year um but it'd be interesting to see what happens um,
2: going forward for Collins. because it just because- occurred to me. Did you guys see he was rocking in the second half for Sydney? Isaac Any. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah he had he, had a, he had a few. few. Had yeah, young. so like the read loss yeah. did affect
1: them, obviously. Yeah. it would be interesting yeah. to see. I don't think he'll get up and who they bring in, but could have been Pete Laddams if he wasn't a dickhead. But um- yeah. oh, he's <laughs> lost a spot final. DR will like that one. Oh, man, um, so yeah, that definitely hurt him. So um, but now. Nah. Unreal game, one of the best prelims. I mean, we always get good prelims. I feel one really good one a year, and they're always yeah. the best games. So, yeah, uh, I guess like other
0: another couple of like tactical moves from Sydney. So I think they did a pretty good job on Nick Dacos again. I, I actually think that like he's been one of the harder ones to tag, just because he's more versatile than some of the other half backs that get tagged. So they did move him around, to experiment with him to try and free him up and get him into the play still. So um, I think Collingwood actually did a pretty good job of managing that. But then um, the work on Jordan degoey which was a lot of defensive stuff from Parker. I mean, it was a team effort, but I think he was the one that was matched up uh, on him for most of the game. Really good job of taking him out of the game, given he'd been their best on ground probably through the first two two weeks. So, um, yeah, I thought thought that was uh, worth, worthwhile pointing out. Um, couple of injuries out of this game. So Mason Cox went down, which created, yeah, all types of weird rucking things with Kruger coming on. I guess like a quick question, especially with Hickey's dominance. I don't think... Cameron played particularly bad like he did a lot of the stuff around the ground well but um, we're going to talk about Grundy a little bit more in the trade section no doubt but he looks like he's leaving more likely than not at the moment do you feel like uh, there's been some talk about like whether he was the missing piece to really you know getting the win in this game like how do you feel about that do you do you think he's a required player in the side or they they to a
2: him on I was listening to Triple M today, and Big Tom Brown was saying that Collingwood have the belief that they only want a certain amount of money tied up into the ruck department in their cap space. I think they're about 500 grand over of how much they'd like to spend in the rucks. And that's why it sounds like he thinks Grundy's going to Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, basically, while they would, Grundy's a better ruck, but the, better, the rest of their team will get better because of more cap space and that will allow him to bring in like McStay. And I think Bobby Hills, maybe Tom Mitchell, not exactly sure on Tom Mitchell, but Bobby was requested to Collingwood McStay's gone, going to Collingwood. So we know that. So from that perspective, I think the right thing is to let him go. Um, but yeah, Grundy is the better player. So yeah, I wasn't impressed with DC, but he's had some good games and it's his first year, basically rocking as like the sole rockman. But um, I, I didn't, yeah, he, he wasn't great, but I'll hold the faith with him. Yeah, he was serviceable, just I think at key points. Hickey just took the by
1: the rock, got it going forward, and was like, damn, like if you had Grundy there, could probably contest a bit better. And yeah, I don't think Grundy's like streets better, but he's, he's better. Yeah. So um, maybe could have changed the tides. Who knows?
0: And then, as pointed out, Sam Reid went down in the third quarter with an adductor injury. It sounds like he is unlikely to get up for the grand final, which is a pretty big loss to the Swans because uh, their depth at that position isn't great, especially with Laddams, as we kind of mentioned, being suspended. So it's probably a Joel Amati or a Hayden McLean, um, who are both kind of raw-ish talls that have played limited game time that could uh, could come into the side, which is a little bit of a worry. I, you know, do they explore our Paddy McCartan at Ford? Surely not. But anyway, um, that'll be that interesting would be to see what they do with this. Yeah. That. Yeah. Well, you could bring in like a wheel gould for debut, apparently, <laughs> and, then, and then put McCartan forward. No, no, no. Very unlikely. Um, uh, but yeah, let's, uh, I think that's, that's, that is a, a big hurt for them. Um, uh, but before we jump into how we did for the finals footy fantasy this week, uh, and then preview the grand final, well, we might
2: have a word from our sponsor this week. Yes, uh, manscaped.com. Uh, uh, get your, what do what they got? They got everything. They got the Weed Whacker 4.0, the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Also, you can get the Manscaped Platinum Premium Package. is everywhere at the moment so i get the ultra premium body wash ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner uh ultra premium deodorant crop preserver and anti-chafing deodorant because summer is coming and honestly when i play tennis that is a big issue so that is something that i'll be looking into for sure um but yeah also they have didn't realize Manscaped also have their own cologne. We had this discussion in the Discord. <laughs> I don't think I've worn cologne since year twelve formal. I don't even use it. Um, but uh,
1: <laughs> Manscaped got all that
2: all that cruelty free uh, cologne. Very good. Tried to get. Uh, I think it was Theo was asking uh, suggestions for a cologne. I did suggest a Manscaped one, and he uh, said yeah. uh, not enough time because um, I think he needed one or two days notice on it, but. Anything that gets you to put some cologne on would be cruelty-free to the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) 20% off with your FTTV code at manscaped.com. Check it out. Heaps of stuff there. Perfect. Christmas is coming soon. Like Seriously, you don't want to be shopping for Christmas like two weeks before. Just buy stuff now. Buy five or six, put them in the cupboard, and then hand them out um, to your, your dad, your uncle, your brother, your cousin, Whatever. And um, yeah, use the code FTTV for 20% off.
0: Thank you, George. Uh, Another fantastic read as always. And thank you to our sponsors at Manscaped. All right, moving on to finals footy fantasy. We've, of course, been playing this through the finals. We're three weeks down, one week to go. And the last week is going to be strange because you're picking 12 aside. So we might talk quickly through strategy. uh, But let's quickly review the week that was... Um, I'm more than happy to start. I had an okay week. I, I finished 473rd for 73rd of the week with a 1533. Uh, overall rate now of 234. I think like I did okay in terms of where I targeted. So um, I aimed for Geelong forward. So like Hawkins scored pretty well. Stengel went all right. Uh, Cameron, not as good as the others. And then went after Swans mids. And that seemed to go okay with uh, Warner, Mills, and uh, who am I forgetting? Parker. And then, like, Goulden and Heaney in the forward line. So, yeah, that was that was really good. But, uh, yeah, a couple of teams did better than me out there. Uh, and Neil and McCluggage in the mids were just awful. They both had 70. So, didn't have crisp, which was probably the big miss from this week. Uh, George, how did you go? Uh,
2: pretty average. Uh, scored 1,450. Weekly rank of about 1,500. So, overall rank is 1,000. Had a good week one. Pretty mediocre last two weeks. I uh, did pick. Uh, I have to call him King Patrick now, but Dangerfield in the midfield. So he was really good. He's, I think, yeah, a bit of rest for him, mid-year preseason, and he's uh, he can fire for the grand final. Uh, defense was really bad. No one scored over seventy, so let's not talk about that. Uh, but yeah, forward line was okay. Had a uh, big Hawkins and Cameron. Um, I think yeah, Bailey. Bailey's been really good. Heaney was good as well. So, yeah, I think just the defense let me down there. But for this week, generally small forwards historically haven't done super well in a grand final. So that's something to be wary of, but you never know. Anything can happen on the day. So maybe I'll limit to maybe just Pepley. Don't know about Stingel, not too sure, but um, go for Tom Hawkins, multiple scoring avenues up forward. But yeah, so many plays to pick. So there's a lot of – I think most people's teams are going to look the same, like the first four plays, and then after that maybe one or two – point of differences. So, like, I've, I've got have got in my team. I know he doesn't score well. Re- uh, um, role isn't super great, more of a lockdown-ish role, but he uh, can play, I think he's mostly a key position as well, plays undersized, but I suppose experienced player, you never know, maybe he, he takes a few marks on the day. So that's sort of just a pod to go for. Um, but, uh, yeah, pick anyone you want, I guess. Yep. Um, I think I
1: scored about 1460, and then I don't even want to probably say what my rank is but i think it's about 2000 something but yeah i can't even remember who i had so i guess just talk about this week and as you said george you got to go for the pods you're going for the weekly win here in grand finals so gotta go for the pods um someone left field like a back pocket or something hope they get 25 touches somehow or whoever kicks a bag in the forward line but um yeah just just go for the pods i mean you could load up and if you think a team's going to win by be Like, if you think Geelong are going to win quite easily, go more of their players. But um, I think for the most part, uh, both these teams are probably a pretty good scorers. So you'll definitely want to have a lot of swans as well. But you notice any pods, JD, if you scrolling through? Uh,
0: well, I think the one thing that's interesting is that Mitch Duncan got moved into defence this week, um, which he hasn't been so far. So he's probably a really easy one. Not a pod by any means, but just an easy pick. Uh, in terms of pods, I'm not actually too sure. I've started having a look, and I think it, it looks like there's about four obvious forward selections in Heaney, Goulden, Hawkins, Cameron. Um, so there's like potentially two spots for forward pods, and I think yeah, Papley is potentially one, and then um, Brian Myers kind of just got eight coaches' votes. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's put up an 82, which is good score.
1: Um, Buddy, in the grand final, surely? Yeah, oh, but I don't know, Buddy's didn't mention by the way. I just. Uh, refresh Twitter before. Buddy signed a one-year deal. Oh, there you oh, go. Nice. So there you go. There you go. Um, um, I, I
0: guess, like, whether you take Stewart or not is an interesting question because I assume that's where Ryan Clark's probably going this week. Um, so, yeah, you had, like, uh, Zach Guthrie and um, uh, Jake Kolodashny, like, scoring really well last week, but it was a bit of a blowout. So whether or not you can bank on them versus others is um, – yeah, I think – so just having a quick look – Um, it's probably like defense and forward where I see the most pod differences. The only other thing is like if you're going to stack your midfield one way or the other, Um, I could see myself like quite heavily stacking swans, mids again Uh, and leaving the Geelong ones to the side. But we'll see. We'll see. It's Uh,
1: probably silly, but Hayden McLean and Amadi are both forwards. They probably get some ruck time. I don't know. It's probably not amazing for... Fantasy, but I don't know. You won't want to go and Debut in a grand final, not debuting, but like fresh into a grand final, yeah. probably not amazing game like, time. I don't know.
0: I want to say Amadi's average was like forty for the year. So, oh, their averages um, won't
1: be great, but sometimes yeah. they play as forwards, and I don't know. Yep. Yeah, I guess like um, Reed's role. Uh, McLean's like fifty-two. Reed was, so, yeah. Yep.
0: Reed was more like a seventy average. Um, so anyway, like yeah, I think you need some luck. Um, You gotta go for the win. Yeah, definitely. You're gonna have to be picking for who you think's gonna end up kind of not picking a chalk team. You gotta go for the win. Yep. But yeah, to George's points, right? Like you probably have like a lot of similar for the top first four to five picked, and then it's the last one or two that are gonna make or break a lot of the teams this week. Yep. Uh, All right. So let's move on to the trade period then. Before we preview the grand final. it's, it, we're not going to go too lengthy in this, but maybe just um, some quick thoughts on some of the rumored or talked about moves that have gone on this week. So one we've talked about or mentioned a couple of times already, but it looks like Dunkley has nominated or at least has like stated a preference to go to Brisbane Lions during the trade period. He's uh, done this once before, trying to get to Essendon a couple of years ago unsuccessfully, but it seems like, uh, I don't know, just a bit more momentum behind it this time, a bit more likely it may happen. Um, So, I guess let's not talk about whether or not the deal will or won't get through. It's probably useless for us to speculate on that. But do you think Dunkley is a good fit for the Lions, just given what we've seen in this final series? And then do you think uh, him moving there makes him more or less super coach relevant for the year ahead?
2: Definitely more relevant, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was a lock either way, to be honest, if he's forward. Uh uh, let, let's uh, assume he's a midfielder cuz i think if he's forward he's a
1: pretty easy pick but i think he'll he, be forward i think he has to be yeah based off his role but if if you want to say that i think he's still a decent option in the midfield JD, i think if you want to say that he'll,
2: he'll be a forward he'll help. I think. he he'll improve the lines i think they need that big bodied mid jared lyons is a vfl player now or something i think he's been a bit, a bit injured but he'll probably play forward next year so they need that replacement for him. Neil needs help. I know McLuggage, maybe he gets pushed up to a wing more with Ashcroft coming in as well as Dunkley. I don't know. Maybe they rotate uh, McLuggage and Ashcroft on a wing and inside. I'm not, I'm not sure. But I think it'll help him. It'll help um, Brisbane for sure. And, yeah, I'll pick him in my team next year. I think – Yeah. Uh, and do you want to add anything to that?
1: No, I'm saying it's, if he's gone up there, six-year deal, he's playing in the guts. Like, it's Yeah. Kind of- questions about it <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i i think your biggest point there is like neil needs the help we've mm. saw how uh, how susceptible brisbane lines have been when he gets locked down and while mccluggage is good he clearly still needs someone feeding him the ball he can't win the game off his own boot and i feel like dunkley is someone that can rack it up enough that it will help them in a will continue to get, to get attention ball for him. him yeah 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 and and to your point, like lines has fallen off a cliff. Uh, Rayner is not an answer in the midfield, and like Robertson and uh, Beast Mode and showed showed a little bit um, when they've been given mid time. But Dunkley is a clear upgrade on both of those, so
2: should be a really good acquisition for them. It's it's the implications of what it does for probably End Jack McRae. Uh, it makes like does it, this it puts McRae higher up the you know pecking order for. A slot in your fantasy team, but do you? I just one word to answer if you had to pick a team right now, would you pick Jack McRae off the news of Dunkley moving?
1: Yeah, I've said that. Yeah,
2: if he's gone, oh.
1: yes,
2: it gives yes. him a four, like a four
1: man rotation. Okay. Sorry, the, the, stat,
0: the stats were with the 10 games um, that. Uh, McRae had uh without Dunkley in 2021. He averaged something like 123 super coach and we've just clearly seen McRae's been pushed more to the outside with some of the other dog spins going in. So I'm on board with McRae next year as long as he's actually getting back to those CBAs. If if they're just going to give Bailey Smith or someone
2: else more CBAs and McRae's keeping his role, then I'm still not interested. Yeah, Western McLean I think might. They they would want mid-time just whether they get it or not. Hmm.
1: They feel okay. good play, what yeah, he was playing. <laughs> yes, yeah. only I 20. Mean, and he's never been a guy that's relied sort of on his athleticism, he's in his prime, he's midtime. I, I think a lot of miles in things. the
2: lakes, though. 200 games. Who's this? He declined it. He doesn't, uh, McCray he doesn't, he doesn't, declined McCoy, at 29. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I guess like for Dunkley, assuming he's not a forward, forward option, if he's mid only, uh, he averaged what, 109 off 50% CBAs. You've got to imagine he's getting 15 to 25% more CBAs a game. I don't see why he wouldn't be able to scale up to a 115 to 120 unless you think that the difference in game style is enough where he's not getting as much ball around the ground or anything like that. Um, all right. uh Shall we also talk about um, one that hasn't been mentioned as much but could be relevant in Lloyd Meek uh, with with talks of him potentially looking for a trade elsewhere? Are there any good spots that you kind of see him landing that would make him an interesting super coach option for the year ahead?
1: I only put this one, JD, down because, again, Toomey just tweeted before that the Hawks have put themselves up the top of chasing him. I mean, there's a few clubs I think the Eagles are still into him even like GWS and stuff. But then uh George reminded me that he's gonna be like four hundred K, which just is so awkward. Um I think four thirty. And it's like yes, true rock roll, he can probably still make good money off that, but you're really betting on him. Um like what he averages here, eighty five, but again, always playing with with Darcy or um even like a lob or whatever when Darcy was out. But he'd have to be like true number one, like no second ruck business or, you know, no other forward ruck playing with him. And um, yeah, 430K, it's, it's
2: too much, isn't it? I'll consider it because if he can get a clear number one ruck roll, because Reeves is always injured at Hawthorne, and mm. Lynch, I'm not sure he's the answer. still young, but you never know. But if he can get clear number one and then no duo ruck shenanigans, which is kind of yeah. hard to tell because it can always happen. Like we saw Marshall, like no way Campbell comes in. Campbell comes in, Marshall scores like thirty <laughs> or forty. There's just so much, so many issues with so many other rucks. and and Grundy, I think he's most likely heading to Melbourne. Grundy on, on the same team. team. I know <laughs> we yeah, had him yeah. on the, the same race,
1: team yeah. all these years. Now there surely, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So it's it's assessing the sort of what's going on elsewhere and trying to pick best available. Um, but yeah, it's going to be quite. Difficult, but I'm not against paying 430 for him if in the right circumstances, but need to see some more. Uh, so yeah,
0: Gorn was where I was going to go next. I'm going to keep on the ruck theme. Uh, if he does get his way to Melbourne, does it make them both irrelevant for 2023?
1: Both Gorn and uh, I mean Grundy? Melbourne, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, how does that work? <laughs> like, they're not both not great. Like, Grundy isn't a forward, Gorn's tried to be one, and he's shown like, yeah, he can create a contest in the air, but he can't finish his goals off he, I don't know but if they're both at the same team I don't know how the hell you even consider picking either of them. I know Grundy would be the cheaper no. of the two but yeah, it's just simple answers no uh, simple answers yes they're just not options. Yeah I agree if that happens.
0: Okay and then a few others. Um, I'll just kind of read them out and if if you think they could be relevant then give a shout otherwise I'll keep moving. Um, so, Billy Frampton is rumored to be looking at a move to the Pies?
1: Um, no. Don't pies. be surprised
2: if he, he does all right at the Pies. But, but um, no. dogs to sign Liam
0: Jones, who could be as low as 263K for next year.
1: Hmm. No.
0: No. Okay, uh, we've got uh, Ben Long who's requesting a trade to Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> What's the price? Um, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't even bothered putting the research. Yeah, let's... That no, no. Let's get this Yeah, um, might get a good uh, role, though. So the, the next one is probably a little bit more interesting, which is Logue and uh, Tucker. Look like they're going to get to North, especially with the picks that were given to North. It looks like almost tailor made to facilitate those trades. Uh, no, and that'd be too much, wouldn't they? Yeah, no, I think Darcy Tucker is the one I'm somewhat interested in. He's going to be low 200s and was kind of talked about as a potential midfield breakout for Frio this preseason and was talked up quite highly until he had injuries, which I think is his big problem injury history. So, Tucker is one that I'm somewhat interested in watching for the preseason, um, but Logue probably less relevant, uh. Uh, Bobby Hill. I think there's talk of him getting to Collingwood, uh, but small forward and like Collingwood are flush for small forwards. It's a like quite a quite a strange one to me. Um, I think that is two thirty k.
2: I I was not aware that Tucker would be that cheap. Um, that's a watch, I think, but he can play inside. Yep. But we'll see. It needs circumstances to line up uh okay uh fiorini
0: and jeremy sharp uh both potential moves from goldcoath sharp to Fremantle is not as interesting but fiorini to potentially collingwood would be interesting uh, yeah. fiorini is i think roughly 356k has been crushing it in the vfl what what's he been doing like 100
2: 100- yeah 35 it's he's clear by i think 15 20 points of the next person Collingwood, I pick. That's like real. That's easy. That's free. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Essendon have
0: expressed interest in Tom Phillips, (laughs) um, who was a a well-known super coach. Villain from a couple of years back, so uh, let's just keep moving on. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, Ollie Henry to uh Geelong is one that uh looks likely, but uh, once again, small forwards are probably not super coach relevant. And then uh, I guess like we're almost getting back into the like some of the ones that have been talked about a little bit more, but Luke Luke Jackson back to Frio probably just hurts him and Darcy. I don't think that's uh, a big win, unless he ends up at West Coast without Nick Nat and his number one right, in which case it could be interesting. Uh, Lobb has been asked to go to the Bulldogs, but the Bulldogs said no. Is, is that right? And then, uh, Junior Rioli to Frio said no, I think. Girl. Yeah, Frio, like, no, you're staying. Yeah, sorry, Frio said no. Yeah, sorry if I said dogs. And then, uh, the only other one is like Tanner Bruin to um, uh, Geelong, which I like. I can't imagine that supercoach relevant. Uh, he what did he average this year? Do you do you know?
2: He had a few good scores, I think. Yeah, and he, he played, already got, he's got a lot of mid times. So yeah. yeah,
0: like going to Geelong, um, I don't know. So even if he plays a right at Geelong, I have a feeling he's already going to be expensive enough and probably yeah, he yeah. might be forward mid. Maybe, but yeah, there'll be other options. Twenty-seven percent okay. Not not as not as high as what I thought it was. So he's potentially a watch. All right, we somehow covered off uh, almost everyone in the trade period. In the end, is there anyone else that I've missed that you wanted to talk about?
2: Rankin Tigers, Tigers no, ones if they get done. About. Oh They're Rankin, yeah. Ones. Oh yeah, no, with
0: Hopper and Hopper and Green um, if they get done. But yeah, Hopper's oh, the yeah. one that's like super Hopper relevant Taranto. if he yeah. gets across. Oh sorry, Hopper and Toronto and if he's still a forward is
1: interesting. That's
2: a yeah four ninety k Toronto. Yes or no? It's
1: yes, pre- it's pretty good value. Yeah, but it just depends yeah, on the forwards. Yeah. Yeah, like it slightly sure.
0: depends on what happens with like Butters, Himmelberg. Dilmore, Rosie, Himmelberg. Yeah, but yeah, like Taranto is definitely strong consideration. He's like right up the top of those I'd be on my watch yeah. list for
1: starting. Alone, to yes. To like, yeah, got to see.
0: Yep. Uh, okay, be- let's uh, let's move on to the grand final then. Cats vs. Swans, one we've all been waiting for. Uh, oh, by the way, how did we do on tips last week? Was it two out of two for me and then one out of two for you two? <laughs> Cats haters? All right, just... All right, Okay. Um, so cats vs swans. I would have uh, liked tipped the cats. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. it was just George. George, <laughs> just George. and accurate. All right,
2: beautiful <laughs> theatre. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. So cats vs swans. Let's hear uh, your tip, your first goal, and uh, who's going to win the norm?
1: Yeah, that's there. The Maltese is a good one. I, quick story. I remember a mate. This is about well, 2016, so six years ago. The the dog swans granny. You could, unlike the tab machines before the game, you can press like the mystery one and he just pressed it and did like five of them and one of them was Parker first goal, JJ, Norm Smith paying like 400 or whatever, like so something so high because JJ obviously wasn't fair. He had like five bucks on it and he won a few grand. So funny story, but I don't know how the hell that happened. Um, But it's I think the Swans always tend to kick the first goal. So I'm going to go with someone from there. Uh, I'm not going to go for someone too obvious either, but maybe like a, a Chad Warner out of the guts, you know. Something like that. It's just luck of the draw, really. But um, Norm Smith, I'm going the pat I'm going the pat Have a big game. Um, wag the finger around the the MCG. Uh, I know he's like a <laughs> polarizing figure. I love him. I don't know if like you guys do, but like yeah, he's great. He just love loves him. playing footy. He gets into the L position. Like he's not a thug. He just loves playing footy. I just think it's awesome. So um, go for him. And then I'll go for the Swannies. Hopefully. That can get it done. I hope it's a good game. Uh, I don't want like a Geelong blowout or something. I know people don't didn't watch like watching the Tigers blowouts, and I can I can see that. But if that happens, only the team that is doing it enjoys that. So hope it's a good game. Um, all in all, but um, yeah, I'll go for the Swans. Why not? What
2: are you? What are you? George. George? First goal. <laughs> Logan McDonald. <laughs> he has not been in good form, but uh, it's going to shift. It's going to land in his lap. Um, <laughs> Norm Smith. I wanna say Isaac, but his role has been a little he's been playing a bit more up the ground in uh, certainly the, in the last favorite. game. Like fifth or yeah. sixth favourite. Uh he hasn't been super great in the finals. Was okay this week. Um I don't know. I'll say Could have asked a game at three quarter time, by the way. Missed that set yeah. shot. Uh, honestly, I honestly haven't thought about it too much, but I'm not too sure. I'm gonna say <laughs> Buddy. Ooh. Buddy would go nuts. Um and then for the win, uh, I'll change up, Callum Mills, I'll say. And then for the win, I got the Swans. My gut says Geelong. I just think the way they play is so frustrating to play against. Um, if they can somehow not let them get away with playing the spare in defense, I don't, like, I'm not a coach. I don't know how to deal with that. I don't know. I know you played footy. How do you deal with that? Sorry? Right. If if, if, the, if the opposition team plays with seven at the back, how do you how do you deal with that? You just well, I wasn't a key
1: forward, so I was I was a small. I, was, I wasn't. I mean, you just got to keep them occupied. Like that's the thing Brisbane didn't do; they just left them yeah. alone for like the whole. You got to put some body on them at some point. Bring someone out of the contest. It's gonna be Clark to Stewart. It's gotta be someone. hopefully. But yeah, you I have think have someone up onto him. Every coach that I played under did that, but again, they weren't the AFL coaches, so I don't know.
2: If Sydney can outwork them through the middle of the ground, I think they can win. They can't let him stream on turnover in the midfield like Brisbane did. So I'll tip the Swans. Swans, Callum, and Logan.
1: Quick, though, good point you had with, like, Chris Scott destroying Fagan. Like, that Longmore, I think, is a much much better tactical coach. Like, he he will have something and his team. Um, They can play slow if they want. Yeah, they they will have plans for sure in place, whereas Brisbane just sort of went in and said, we'll roll with what we've been doing and see if it works. Um, So I think, yeah. Like Don Pike's on the, the coaching team, right? He like I know he got the sack from Crom, but he's tactically pretty good. Got a pretty good side to a grand final, so they'll have something. JD, you had okay. to roll with the cats. You had them from day one.
0: Yeah, I t- tipped at the start of the final series. I feel like I have to pick the cats, even though if I clean slate, I probably would edge <laughs> swans. Um so I'm gonna go for like the pure, like um jord's despair double and not only will the cats win it but dangerfield will walk out with the norm smith clang clang um, with his two medals <laughs> yep yep and the big smile ear to ear probably get some uh media happening at the same time yeah so i'm gonna go for the that one i think that would bring me the most joy uh
1: and then Georges my... watch the post-match no chance <laughs> if that happened nah.
2: well can coach. i just yeah sorry you, you finish first i was going to interrupt Okay, Dangerfield left the Crows. The first thing he said was, Uh Uh it's so great to be at a club with history. And Uh (laughs) he did that to piss the Crows off for sure. Uh Crows have a... Anyway, back to you. But, you know, worked out the door. Just slap in the face and see you later. Uh Uh-huh. Okay.
0: um it sounds like danger got the air reaction he wanted um, <laughs> so i'm gonna go let's go for a fun one because i think i'd probably pick like hawkins or cameron they're probably the, the obvious ones from going for a Geelong win but i'm gonna go for dill stevens he's uh <laughs> a one for out of the box um he's like the long odds ones but he's played kicked uh, two goals in um oh, sorry, he's kicked a goal in the last two games in the finals so uh yeah i feel I don't know there's no good reason why just Dill Stevens that'll be the one that first call, mate.
1: go for the clouds. But
0: neither of these teams have particularly big grounds especially Geelong so you know maybe a winger finds a little bit more space than what he's accustomed to and goal comes that way otherwise Goulden was one that I liked as an option as, as well Sneaky little option there
1: I thought he was awesome in the fourth on the weekend was, as well yeah yeah uh, we saw a little bit of like Blakey first as well. year Goulden mm. yeah very good yeah Yep.
0: I, that's one thing I do like about the Swans. They've got so many players that can pop up and win them the game. You're not just moment. relying on one yeah. player with X factor. You know, it doesn't just have to be Papley. It can be yeah. Papley, Heaney, Buddy, Mills, Goulden. Like, it just goes like on and on. They've got about, like, 8 to 10. Warner, it's another... J-Mac like, had that one. intercept. That yeah, yeah. Just so many of them that can have those moments that win games. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think that is everything from us this week. Uh, yeah, very excited for the, the finals. Thanks to everyone that tuned in, joined us and listened. Uh, and we will see you for a debrief uh, after the grand final. And that'll be our last episode for the year. We'll go over what we thought and won the norm and done. all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit more trade news and um, how we finish with the finals footy fantasy. And that'll be the, uh, the end of the year for us. So looking forward to that and uh, looking forward to the grand final this weekend. But once again, thank you, signing off.